What up, everybody? Welcome to the Bold Barrio podcast. Yo, I am super excited for this episode. Uh, we're continuing the conversation uh, from last week. And if you haven't heard last week's episode with Zach on the biblical interpretation, what the Bible has to say about American police and us talking about, you know, what the Bible says regarding us being able to critique or not uh, the American police. You got to go check that out. Um, so but today we're continuing the conversation and we're going to dive into one of the scriptures, one of the passages in the Bible that is used so much when talked about government and politics and many times is used in a, a you know, it's abused. It's misinterpreted um, by Christian leaders, by Christian pastors, um, you know, just in the sense of just just kind of in an oppressive manner, I guess we could say, um, you know, so we're, we're going to talk about that. We're going to break that down. And and the purpose of this is to show you, man, like the scripture, the passage that many have misused to to you know, say, yo, you got to You got to you got to you can't resist government. You can't you have to submit to government, period. That's it. No matter what. We're going to show you that it actually says more than that. There's more to it than that. And we'll see a God that is that cares for 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 the minority that cares for those that are being oppressed. So I'm really excited for us to dive into that. Like Jeff is about to drop some fire on us, man. But before that, yo, how are you guys doing, Jeff? Andy, uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, good, man, good. Um, <clears throat> I feel like it's crazy, but I feel like I'm busier than ever. Um, <laughs> like I, I, I thought I was going into a season that was not going to be okay. busy. There's still a lot of work, mm. but <clears throat> it's good. It's good. Like it's it's not busy in, in, to the extent where, like, I, I don't rest. Mm. <clears throat> But but I mean it's good it's been productive and 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 I feel like you know just to be honest I feel like I'm in one of those seasons where you you've been so used to the struggle mm. and, and then you start uh you, you know you start experiencing abundance <clears throat> which that's a whole other topic right like when you've lived in the struggle yeah. and it, like and, and then you start experiencing abundance like how do you learning to live in that you yeah. Know? Um, so yeah. I'm kind of learning to live in that. Like, what does it mean to live in abundance and and not struggle? You know, like that's so dope. Like having more time now, and mm-hmm. and 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 what that means. Like, like it's crazy, but having time is a privilege. And mm. and and I'm yeah. And so I'm I'm just trying to lean on God and learning what it means to yeah. live faithfully in that season. You know. Yeah, which is interesting because you're saying you know just having time where i i'm shocked to hear that because you do a you're doing a lot right now yeah, <laughs> you bro. got a lot going on yeah it, 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 and that's what i'm saying it's it feels busier yeah but i still got time yeah you know and, and like like on friday when jay cole's album comes out you know i'm gonna have time <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel that and you know you know it's interesting I wonder if it's and this is this is an episode for the LOD podcast, but <laughs> but we're going we're going to drop a bar here. I wonder if it's more of like energy, just the fact that you're doing so many things that are so fulfilling that, uh, you know, rather than you spending time, but more energy 
mm. on things that aren't fulfilling. I wonder if that instead of taking away energy, it just energizes you. It refuels, you know, yeah, that, you know, for, your energy. For sure, man. And you're right. Like, I think that's a whole other episode because you can start talking about like millennials and like this whole concept of doing what you love. Right. Mm -hmm. Like our parents didn't get to do that. Yeah. Some of them still don't get to do that. Right. Like uh, I was having a conversation with a friend where they were talking about um, um, like the previous generation. They learned to love what they do. Mm. us if we don't we don't like we yeah. don't love it we're out we're not doing it you know? yeah. yeah yeah we're not doing it and yeah. so yeah i think you have a point but yeah andy what about andy. you what up guys um man i still haven't been in a while um <laughs> but that's because i've been grinding um, hey. that's pretty much the reason why um i've been low-key like experiencing that season as well jeff where it's i have so much I had a lot of things like to fit in my schedule and it's all just passing by and it's mm. passing by in a way where it's like, I'm like, okay, time for work. And I go to work, come back. Okay. Time to do this, time to do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm energized in the same way. Like I'm mm. not like dragging myself to work or it's like another day of work. No, like thankfully I do something that I really like yeah. um, in retail, which I don't think a lot of people could say in retail or like yeah, business related. With, with people but um i'm also taking up the gym um i'm gonna be quite honest waking up at 5 a.m is not the move <laughs> but it's the only way it fits into the schedule so i mean it's the only way we get to be, we get it done yeah um i'm excited for this i'm super excited for this episode mm. what about you larry yeah, what about yeah. you yeah man i am bro i'm in a crazy i'm in a crazy season right now you know i made i made a crazy move and um and I think I mentioned this before of just stepping away from my ministry job um, <clears throat> and kind of, you know, getting ready to step into something new. And so I, I just started having conversations with different uh, churches, organizations, and, and just started the interview process with that. Um, but it's been crazy. It's been it's definitely been overwhelming uh, to the point where, like, I uh, I'm in school. Right. So I'm in school. Yeah. But um, I had to I had to drop classes for the summer. My 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 student advisor uh, automatically put my classes in for the summer. And then I saw it and I just saw it this past Friday. I just got the email like this past Friday and classes started yesterday. Right. Oh, and so I saw it in the during the weekend. I was like and they're like it's like a research writing class. So, you know, there's a lot of writing all three yeah. classes are English classes. So there, there's going to be a lot of writing. And I was like, I can't, like, I can't do that. Wait, you three know. of them? Three? three of, yeah. So three. Three. Not at the same time, but they're like, okay. Okay. They're, you know, back to back to back. Um, <clears throat> And so I had to tell her like, yo, I'm going to need a break uh, this summer. Cause I, I need to, I need to focus on my interviews and, you know, just getting getting in that zone. And, you know, who knows, maybe in a month or two, I get a new job. I have to also, like, get used to that rhythm, right? That new yeah. rhythm. So I'm I'm taking that summer off. But yes, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And to be honest, here's like we don't we don't we haven't spent a lot of time on 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 just the spiritual side of things. I mean, we do, but I'm just saying like the personal, like our personal spiritual usually life so more, much. Usually more heady, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yes. So, but I, I, I want to mention like, um, like be a little vulnerable here for a second. Like, 
the last few months I've been in a weird place, man, like emotionally, mentally, spiritually. But this past week, I decided like to spend more time like, you know, in the word of God, uh, just not so much for, like you said, the heady side, the intellectual, the, the you know, the studying for the episodes and studying for school, but more so just for my personal like life, my personal, you know, just my personal gain in that sense, my personal connection with God and my relationship with God and just went deeper than 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 how I, than what I had been. And man, it it just helps so much, bro. Like I, I'm just in a different space. And that's because I've spent more time in worshiping God and and in his word and just meditating in God's word. And, and it's been so dope. So I'm just saying this because if any of you are going through something, you just overwhelmed, like you got to take those moments and just pause and breathe. And that breathing, I mean, it. I mean, that and also in like a metaphorical way of just, you know, breathing, spending some time with God and just that you 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 get life out of that, man, just yep. spending that time. So. Uh, man, let's get into it. So yeah. <clears throat> let's just start with the text. So Jeff, Romans 13, what does it say? And what have people, what has, what have many Christian leaders, Christian, just Christians overall, how have they interpreted this and how have they used it? Yeah. So I'm sure that we don't have like the, like an exhaustive list of how it, it's being used. Right. But um, usually this this passage will be used to talk about the role of Christians in their relationship to government, to governmental authorities, right? And the way that it'll, it'll be used is if the government decides to do something, they make a decision regarding law, whatever it is, um, usually it'll be used to, to tell Christians your role is to obey the government because God has instituted those governments. And so if you want to be a faithful Christian, you're, what you'll do is you'll, 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 you'll obey the law. You'll obey mm-hmm. the government, right? Yeah. But a couple, a couple of, um, obviously it's been interpreted in many different ways by many different theologians, right? But I think the, the, what we're trying to get at the the interpretation that we're going against is first most the, the ways that it's being used in the last couple of years in terms of people using it only when it's convenient to them. Hmm. So, um, for example, um, when it when it came to masks, it's so simple, right? But when it came to masks, um, it they just you would quote you would quote this passage to them to to that crowd, and they'll just say no, like. Like we have the right to resist government, and but what they'll use is um, they'll use um, the the Constitution, right? We these are our our, our God given American rights. But whenever let's say um, somebody else who perhaps was a little more left leaning, a little more centrist as opposed to um, right wing evangelical, it, it, you know they would they would quote. Romans 13 to you because according to them you weren't obeying certain laws or whatever but it's basically being used to to tell people hey um your role is to obey the law and it's mm-hmm. being used very circumstantially so when it's when it's convenient yeah right um 
on both sides. We see this on both sides. On both sides. It's used when it's convenient. Um, but the problem that I see in, in that, you know, we'll, we'll just share from, I, I think it'd be a good moment to share now is yeah, in one yeah. of the points that Isa Macaulay, he's a, he's a scholar um, from Wheaton College. And he wrote a book, uh, Reading While Black. And one of the things that that he points out, and and he's not the only one. There are other theologians like yep. like um, uh, John Yoder and and Stanley Hauerwas a, a lot, and that talk about the ways in which it's been taken out of context, hmm. right? Um, and the ways in which um, it's read in isolation from Romans. It's like it's it's read in isolation from its own context in Romans. And it's read in isolation from the rest of scripture. Yeah. Um, and, and we've talked about how we build yeah. theologies off of, of off yeah. of um, verses, you know? Yeah. And we've all been, we've all been guilty of it to, to a certain yeah. degree. I feel. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think the problem becomes when, when scripture, like we've mentioned before is used to oppress people. And mm. then, and what happens is when people, are resisting government for the sake of liberation, which scripture also supports. Yeah. Um, this this passage is thrown at, at people and it's like, no, stop, stop struggling, stop protesting, submit mm-hmm. to the government. This is what God yeah. wants. Um, and and you know, Saint Augustine, uh, he's a church father. Uh, he's known as a church early church father, Saint Augustine, and he has this whole um treaties treatise on the 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 virtue of patience right and how Mm. it's a christian virtue and what you'll hear is whenever there's some form of oppression from a part of the state happening what you hear is be patient and we'll quote um church fathers like saint augustine they'll quote oh it's the fruit of the spirit right be patient but that's where um dr king's i would say um, somewhat interpretation of this text comes into play. Like um, there comes a moment where forget patience, you know, you, you, you have to resist, you have yep. to stand up to, to um, bad government towards oppressive government towards yeah. an oppressive state. And we're going to get yeah. to it. We're going to, yeah. we're going to talk about Romans and we're going to read it um, in light of revelation and, yeah. And, and I know that sounds a little like scary because usually revelation, it's been about predicting the future yeah. and monsters, what happens in the end times or the mark of the beast yeah. or the vaccine. Um, and, and, and that's not, and that's not at all how we're going to approach revelation, right. we're gonna approach it from a faithful perspective. And we're going to read Romans 13. We're going to talk about it in its context in yeah. Romans, but we're going to talk about it from a canonical context too. And, mm. Which what well, I mean by, can you can you can you tell us what that means? Yeah, what I mean by canonical is um, in light of the whole scripture, from yeah, Genesis yeah. to Revelation. Um, okay, a, a canon is basically a, a a set book, right? There are different a collection, canons, right? A collection. Yeah. Uh, the Catholic, the Roman Catholics have their own canon. Um, Protestant Christians have their own canon, um, and and so we're going to read it in light of that, That's right? Our, uh, the Protestant canon. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that before we get into actually talking about Romans, uh, I kind of want to talk a little bit about what it means, the importance of interpreting a biblical interpretation. Right. That's good. Um, and and the reason why is because 
um, I mean, biblical interpretation has a long history, right? The Bible has been used, has been interpreted in ways that have led to oppressive things, right? And 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 it's been misused, just like mm. this text. And so it's really important that that we reconsider um, how to how to interpret a text well, right? And and I'm I'm not going to give a whole like lecture on it because there's there's a lot of ways and a lot of steps to do it yeah but there are some important steps and some of the things we've done together mm-hmm. right like yep. like this is in my interpretation this isn't larry's or andy's interpretation we we sat with the text together yeah we read it in community and and yep. we're bringing it to you you know and yeah and we and we referenced bi- other biblical scholars yeah you know yeah yeah. Not just not just this biblical scholar you see here. <laughs> <laughs> and and so some of the things that that are important that we did is we first started with the text. Yeah. Right. You always got to start with the text. Like good. sometimes all you got to do is read the text a little closer. Mm. Um, and what happens is, like we've mentioned before, I think we mentioned it lot last pod. Um, we'll just get a, a, a we'll just read the Bible verse of the day. Yeah. And, and that's it. And that's it. And we run with it, yep. um, which or he or hear a preacher just preach on it, you know, and, and it's and, that's it. and 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 then what we'll say is that's the way I was taught. That's that's what I heard. And so that's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and so what you always want to do is start with the text, read the text for yourself yeah. and then don't stop there. Read it in community. Mm. um like we we tend, we tend to read scripture because we tend to tend we we tend to tell people hey read it by yourself yeah um read it at home yeah and read it in in, in your in your private time with god right yeah but what we don't talk about is reading scripture in community yeah and asking questions in community right that's good so so it's that reading the text but then reading it in community um and then also being aware that there's no such thing as pure theology. There just isn't like hmm. what I mean by that is Good. that is that it, no matter who, no matter who it is, like they can tell you that this is the purest theology. This is what, what it actually means. And it might be that, that whatever interpretation they give you, it might actually mean what they say. Yeah. But what I'm trying to get at is that there is no interpretation that is that is absent from experience Mm. and and so when you read scripture you're always going to read it um from your own experience and that's why it's so important to to be aware of your experiences to be aware of of how your experiences are coming into your reading and the way you're you become aware of that is by reading it with others yeah right would you say that like that uh understanding somebody else's like some somebody else's interpretation somebody else's perspective can help almost break down some of those you know some of those things that you're seeing in it just because just out of your experience and out of your you know how that is influencing how you see the text yeah for sure for sure and and before i i I answer that question more directly like i do agree with that because there's three ways of reading the text, generally speaking, right? Mm. The first one is the, the the world behind the text. So that's mm. historical stuff. Okay. The world behind the text. And that anybody can get. Like as so long that's as like context. Right book, yeah, that's yeah. the historical context, right? That's good. 
Um, then there's the text itself, which mm -hmm. is there you get more into literary stuff. And what I mean yeah. by that is you start examining examining the different structures and the different forms, yeah. the different uh, literary devices, the genres, the genres, yeah. the, the different things that the different authors um, employed as they were writing. Yeah. That's, right? let, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to I want to do two things one real quick re regarding this, because I think what you just mentioned is very important. One, let me just read this passage to you real okay. quick. Uh, Romans 13, one through seven, just so you could get an idea. And and just th think about when you hear this, think about what it makes you feel and what you understand from it and just get ready to wrestle with that a little bit. Right. So Romans 13 and I'm reading the ESV uh, 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 version. Or do you want me to read a different one? No, yeah, no, read it. But before you mention it, I just wanted to throw in the third just to complete Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, no, you're, you're good. Go you're good. And it was in front of the text. So and that's the reader. Okay, so recap the three. So mention the three historical um, context. Which is behind the text. Behind the text. And then there's the text itself, what's in front okay. of you. Okay. And then there's in front of the text, which is the reader. And that's sociological, ethnic, racial, uh, psychological, every other thing, right? Mm. So all of those three things come to play when we interpret scripture. Okay. That's mm -hmm. dope. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to lie. The way I, I envision this, and this might be really weird, and Jeff might not like this, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just thought about there is a very there's a lyric from Kendrick that I remembered, but just uh, like the one in front of the gun uh, something I forget. But but that's what that's what it reminded me of. So that's forever. The one in front of the, the one in front of forever. the gun lasts forever. There it is. But I was just <laughs> thinking about it that way, like, the yeah. you know, the one in front of the gun, the one in front of the text, the one behind yeah. the text, the, the text itself, itself, the gun itself. Yeah. So no, that's in, in case that's that sick. helps you, that helps you there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Romans 13. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is get, then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in sub in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them taxes to whom taxes are owed revenue to whom revenue is owed respect to whom respect is owed honor to whom honor is owed. Right. So then there's a couple of uh, uh, areas here, a couple of things that, you know, make me feel some type of way will make you feel some type of way, you know, like the whole let every person be subject to the governing authorities. Let every person, you know, be, be submitted, submit themselves to to authorities. Right. The whole thing of for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad, you know, 
Uh, you know, that makes me feel some type of way when I read that. Right. And so I just want to uh, real, real quick um, in less than a minute, Jeff, uh, I just want to mention, um, Andy, we, we know that Romans is the book of Romans, right? Which is not a book. It's actually a letter right within the Bible. And I wanted to mention that. I think that was that's very important to, to note for those who don't know this. Right. Romans, it's the letter to the Romans from Paul. So Paul wrote this letter to the Romans. So think about that when we have to think about that when, when we read this, you know, that's part of the context is understanding this was written to, uh, I think, to a group of churches. Right. And in, in Romans. Um, yeah. In Rome. In Rome. I'm sorry. In Romans. <laughs> in Rome. And uh, and, um, you know, we so think about that one. We're reading this as as just, you know, a past like, I don't know, like a book, like just a regular little section in a book. But this is actually a letter. And this was read to 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 a community, to a church community. It was read out loud to a church community. Right. So we got to think about that. We got to think that there's a particular uh, group, a community within the city of Rome who this was uh, given to. And we got to ask, why did he say that to this particular group? Right. What 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 was going on in that time? You know, that that goes in with the historical context. You know, some some even go in. I don't know if it's the same thing, I think, but just the situational context. Right. Like just what was going on, particularly in that in that area, in that place. Um, so we are not going to get too deep into into, you know, what are these things that you got to look into and what those things were uh, for, for, for the sake of time. But if you look in the, in the description below, whether on YouTube or, or just in the description of the podcast, um, we're going to put the Bible project and there's these, there's, I mean, they have content over upon contact on just Bible for days that. for days. Oh, and it's great, you know, <laughs> Yeah. but, but, um, they in particularly there's these episodes on on their podcast um where they they went in like i mean over eight episodes of of just breaking down the letters and the context and all these things even to the point of like how letters were written back in the day which that was interesting um but check that out i highly recommend you check that out you know those are great resources um regarding this and it helps you better understand these things right but let's go into it man like romans 13 guys what what does it say man what 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 does this mean when and and let's just break down i guess the first four verses or the first yeah the first four verses right let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there is no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by god therefore whoever resists the authorities resists what god has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment Right. So so what does it say, man? Yeah, I think obviously uh, that question, not obviously, but that question, what does it say is is jam packed. Right. Because what what we're asking is, is what does Paul mean? Like, yeah, one could say, you know, just take it for what it is. Just take verses one through seven Mm. for what it is. Right. Like. You can drop it off there and just say, yeah. you know what? All you gotta do is is 
is be obedient and you're good. You're good. Yeah. Um, but if you're a good Bible reader, you don't just take one in seven for what it is. Mm-hmm. You do take it for what it is, but you read it in light of its context. Yeah. But right? you actually take it for what it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you take it for what it is. Yeah. Right. When you read it in, in light of chapters one through however the, long the book is 16. Yeah. 16. Right. But you, but you always start with the immediate context. And and one of the things that 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 I like to do is always start by asking the text questions. Mm. Right. Um, because what happens is that we can, especially if you've been following Jesus for a while, is that you'll read a text and then you'll the way you'll approach it is I already know what it says. So mm. I'll just skip over it into something I haven't read before. So we don't read these passages with fresh eyes. Yeah. Right. Um, and a lot of, and a lot of good questions pop up, right? Like, for example, um, he says, all of you should submit to those who are governing. And so um, that's the first statement. Um, and then the second statement, like you said, is you should submit because God has given authority. Mm. So um, the, the, in a sense, what Paul is telling these people, again, by just reading these verses, he's telling the Roman church, submit to your to those who are governing governing to the authorities right and then and then why uh because their authority comes from god and so then you submit to these authorities because ultimately all authority belongs to god yep right um and then paul goes on to say that these authorities have been placed there by god Mm. so that means that these authorities exist um because of god God, God has placed them there, right? And because of that, that dynamic of God placing the, those authorities there, give God ultimate authority, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, this is where the the you got to approach it with what what scholars call hermeneutics of suspicion, right? Um, suspicion What's is that not be? bad. So suspicion is when you approach something almost with when you approach it in a, in a way where you're questioning it. Yeah. And suspicion is not bad. Her, and um, her, hermeneutics is interpretation, right? That's her interpretation. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and suspicion is not bad yep. uh, per se. Okay. Like suspi- suspicion can be bad if you're cynical, if you just don't believe anything, if, if your mm-hmm. point is, is not even to seek to understand. Right. Yeah. But if, but, but what I mean when you approach it, through suspicion is uh, approaching in a way where you're questioning the text. Mm-hmm. And okay this is to be sus. You said Sorry? what? It's okay to be sus. It's okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's okay to question the text. Um, and this is where one's experience comes in. Remember mm. uh, in front of the text, because if you're a suburban um, white middle-class upper-class, whatever you want to call it, yeah. And you're reading this text, no problem. Yeah. I'll submit to the authorities, right? Unless they're taking away my guns, if that's yeah. what you're about, right? Unless yeah. they're touching my money. Dude, you know, you know, and you know, you know what I'm thinking right now? You're not being suspicious of the text. You're being you're I feel like you're being more suspicious of your interpretation. Yeah. Of how yeah. you're taking the text, right? Yeah, or how you've been uh taught or how yeah. you've been or what you've received. Yeah, yeah. You're 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 being suspicious towards interpretation, towards yeah. tradition. Um, Good. 
And, you know, if you never had a, if you've never had a reason to question the authorities, then you take this text at face value and you don't dig any anymore. Mm. You, you just keep reading. Right. But if your experience is that of a lower class, African-American, Latino, Latina, um, it, it, uh, Asian, Asian-American, you know, whatever other ethnicity that is um, in, in the lower class, because there, there are white people that are in the lower class, too. Yeah. Um, but when you approach it from that perspective where the authorities are more of a threat rather than ministers of God, like Romans says, right? Paul says that the, you, you pay your taxes um, in a way to source them, to fund them, because these are ministers of God. They're meant to serve you, mm. right? They're meant to protect you, okay. um, especially when you're doing good. Now, the question is, what happens when you're doing good and these authorities, these, these governing authorities don't protect you, aren't serving you? Yeah then you get into some trouble, right? Yeah. Because then um, you, you start questioning God, like, yeah. oh God, these authorities are evil. These, yeah. these, these, these governing authorities are doing wrong to my community. They're oppressive. Right. Does, that mean, does that mean that that because God placed them there, because these authorities have their sourcing God, does mm-hmm. that mean that God is oppressive? Does that mean that God is evil. Yeah. Does that mean that God places evil people in power? Yep. And um, if you and if you were to if you were if let's say I put myself in the shoes of somebody who's not a Christian, somebody who um who has been oppressed, who has been abused by authority, who has been, you know, who has experienced police brutality, all this injustice, right? And I hear and let's say my first time, (laughs) my first time at church. Right. I hear a pastor preaching from Romans 13. Right. And I and I hear I hear him, you know, telling us to be to to submit to governing authorities and just saying all of this. But you just broke down. Right. I I would I would be inclined to believe, wow, this God is unjust. This God yeah. is is cruel, right? For for telling me that I have to submit based on my experiences, right? And and then coming off from from just hearing someone speak just from Romans thirteen and not bringing up the rest, right? Not bringing up other factors, not bringing up the fact that you know what you're about to tap into, um, that a few chapters before this, right? A little bit earlier in the letter. Remember, in the letter and letters. There are no chapters. Right. Yeah. So so we're these chapters and these verses, they're just they're they're for us to be able to have reference points. But, you know, a little bit earlier in 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 this letter. Right. He mentions he 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 ta- he speaks on authority that is, you know, that is unjust, that is cruel, that is oppressive. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you didn't if you wouldn't know that, you would think, yo, I mean, you would think, Paul, like, Paul, you're tripping, right? And you would think, man, God, really, like, this this doesn't seem right, God. Like, this can't be, you know? And if you haven't read the rest of the Bible and you don't know the rest of the story of how God has, has you know, dealt with, you know, the powers that be, these institutions, these mm-hmm. rulers, these governing authorities, 
right? You 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 would you would be inclined to believe that this is an unjust God, mm. you know, which is not it's 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 something that we have to talk on and we have to address, right? Because Romans thirteen can't be seen just by itself. We can't read it by itself. This is one of those like, yeah. Um, and before we, because we just opened the can of worms and uh, to address like, what does this even mean? Um, I remember when I first started uh, uh, going to uh, to my church, Arle, um, it was always like text first, text first, text first, text first, um, where you read the text and like Jeff was saying, you're suspicious about what it means. Like, what am I reading exactly? Not, okay, I need, I need an argument against um people resisting uh authorities let me go to romans 13 mm. it's the opposite where what does romans 13 say and me like jeff was saying that different levels of like interpretation of different tools we use like literally lit literally yeah yeah you said uh, it right the first the first sentence let every person be subject to the governing authorities it's just like boom point blank Boom, like pause period. right like period, punto, no discussion. And then it like that's I have like picturing Paul right this where there's no authority except from God, comma, and that ex- and those exist that have been instituted by God. And then so it's like, okay, I'm reading this. It kind of makes sense, Paul. I get what you're saying. But then because that is fact and what Paul is writing, what because he he literally is meaning it as truth, he then says, therefore. So like it's like a cause and effect, like it's this mm-hmm. and that. Yeah. Therefore, if you don't, if you resist, there's consequences or there's something that will happen. You're resisting God Himself. So then that puts like like we were all talking about that puts me in a place where then how how can I be a Jesus follower when the authorities themselves are the oppressors or I'm being like oppressed? For sure, and and I think. That's why, um, that, and that's why that's what we mean when, when we say read carefully, read it closer. Yeah. Right. Because because the the our submission to the governing authorities hinges on on the governing authorities paying good towards good people and paying bad towards bad people, and and so um, again. And this is on a close reading. This is examining the text, right? Yeah. If, if if the governings, God tells the governing authorities, pay to those who are doing good, good. To those who are paying bad, bad. But when those, but when you're doing good and they pay you bad, that's when you begin to question the governing authorities, mm. right? And yep. okay. And so that's one one point of view. And then the other thing, and, and so what you gotta ask then, and this is what Macaulay, what Ma, this is the way Macaulay poses it, and it's we must ask why a good God who is sovereign over all would allow evil rulers to come to power. Right? Mm-hmm. Stated differently, the question is not about our submission to wicked rulers, but their very existence. Wow. Um, and so the question is not about our submission to yeah, to wicked rulers, but their very existence. And yep. And, and so then, th- again, there's that dynamic. Does God put evil rulers into power? Um, that's a huge question, right? But, and Romans is not going to give you that answer. Romans is not going to ask, Romans is not going to answer that question. 
And then Romans is not going to is, is also not going to answer the question of what do you do when uh, the governing authorities are being oppressive in a democratic republic. We've got to remember that that the context of Paul was not a democratic republic. It was mm. an empire, right? It was an empire. Um, and, uh, you know, when you look at the historical context, it can go either way. There's some who say that Christians weren't being persecuted. Some were saying that Christians were being persecuted. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, when they were confronted with confessing Caesar as Lord or Jesus as Lord, they would confess Jesus as Lord, thus, in a way, um, going against the authorities and getting killed. Yeah. You know, and so there's that. I'm not going to go too deep into that because yeah. that's a whole nother historical. I don't know. Yeah. But. But it's important to to understand that when yeah. reading this. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think what we do have in front of us is the text itself, right? Mm. When when we go behind the text, um, it, it's important that we do that because there are aspects of the historical context that we can grab a hold of. But we also got to understand that a lot of a lot of historical context is also reconstruction, meaning we take the sources from from back in the day and we 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 reconstruct this past. So that's where you can get into some muddy waters. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's what I, and, and that's what I mean, where there are some who say that Christians were getting persecuted heavily. Yeah. And there are some who say they weren't. They um, weren't. Yeah. But when we look at the text, the canon we see immediately that God does answer that question, right? Of does God place evil rulers in power? Yeah. Um, and although it's not directly in that way, we see that God confronts evil rulers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so we see in Genesis already that God tells Adam and Eve, the first humans to govern and to govern in a specific way. Right, not to dominate dominion, yes, but mm. not to dominate, not to colonize, yeah. not to take, right? Yeah. Um, to govern. But then what we see is in 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 Pharaoh, we see an evil way of governing. Hold on. Right? I'm so sorry, but you just brought up a, a, a huge point because <laughs> I don't I don't even feel like it, it was dominion over other people. Yeah, it's it's not, it, it's never dominion over one another. And look, man. Let me say this real quick before we keep going. We want to talk about that. If, because when it comes to having dominion over others, it's always, it always starts with naming. It always starts with language. And Adam, when Adam was looking for a, a, a fit other, a fit, right, uh, companion, yeah. um, he names all the animals. He names he he mm. he examines the, the the companion. He examines the creature. And, and he said, tries to see if there's a potential within the creation that was already there. And there right? wasn't. And, and there, there wasn't. wasn't. And there wasn't. But he names them. Mm. And thus and thus expresses the meaning ah. of them. Right. Because because it, it's God <laughs> who 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 names the human being. Right. It's That's God the human being. With Eve, as deep. There's a sense in which he does, but the origin of the human being, like what we got to understand is that when Adam is is created, scripture is not talking about a a male scripture is talking about a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The human, 
Yeah. Um, so that's a whole nother like, but yeah, God, God confronts evil kings, God confronts the Pharaoh. Uh, God, God hears scripture says that God hears the cry of Israel, right? Here's the mm. cry of Israel, and then um in front of the burning bush, God encounters Moses and sends Moses to uh, liberate Israel, right? Um, and there we see an evil way of governance, right? We see an oppressive governance, and 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 God and God completely completely confronts him, right? He mm. liberates his people, and and one of the things that Macaulay says is that what we see then is that glor- that that God glorifies Himself in taking down and destroying evil rulers. Yeah. Um, in 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 a, I, I would even say in a almost not not explicitly violent but almost in a violent way it's, it's like how, how god responds to to injustice there yeah it's a form of violence and and there's different for, like again violence and different forms of violence yeah. but this is divine violence yeah um, yeah so, something that i noted i want i i want to know like if if this is something to take to account and i think it is because romans 13 talks about how we respond to 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 the authorities right yeah. Um. But I find it interesting. I think Macaulay mentions it in 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 his book. How Moses before that that before being you know, uh, meeting God within that you know in that from that bush, right? Um. Before that, before leaving Egypt, right? He sees injustice. Moses sees the injustice and he responds, right? Yeah. He responds with anger. He res- and he responds violently. He kills. He kills he, an he, Egyptian. He kills. Yeah, he kills an Egyptian because he saw, you know, the 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 mistreatment, the oppression, the abuse, right? But his his response was outside of you know what God, you know, what God was uh, outside of God's will, I guess, in that in that sense, in a way, right? He did it out of his own human emotions, human feelings. But I never see God condemn it. Not saying that he that God was okay with it, but what I see is I find it interesting that God like before God speaks and chooses to 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 move through Moses, we see already Moses like his passion, his 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 anger against injustice, his his wanting to act against injustice was there and God ends up using him. But he ends up using him um, it, through his will, through his yeah. way of doing things, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I feel like you set me up for this point because the the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, come after that, right? Through through the alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm about to dunk it. Not yet, but um, it's crazy. But the Ten Commandments come after, right? Uh, and so at some mm-hmm. point in Exodus yes, twenty, yeah. Um, but. Um, this is the second thing I was going to say, and it's something called God's economy, the economy of God. The Greek word for economy is oikonomia, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's used in Ephesians by Paul. And and essentially the, the concept is the way in which God orders his household, right? Um, the, the way God, and I would say the, the way God orders the world, right? And, and when you see when you see the Old Testament and the narratives in the Old Testament, because not everything is narrative, right? Right. When you see the narratives in the Old Testament, there's something that stands out. And it's always, 
God's response to violence, even though it's not directly, but God has set up the world in such a way, in at least the way we read it in the Old Testament, God has set up the world in such a way that there's usually one outcome to, to violence, um, and it's exile, right? Mm. Uh, um, Moses, he kills the Egyptian, but then he's accused, he's accused by an Israelite, but he goes into exile. Yeah. Um, and then it's an exile where some way, somehow he's prepared. Um, he becomes ready to be able to lead God's people in liberation. We, we saw that with Cain as well, right? Yeah, there's exile. Um, and then you look at Israel and the violence they, they engage in, and it ends up in exile. Um, so God, God's, in a way, the world is ordered in such a way that certain actions um, trigger certain effects. Mm. Right. And this is God's economy, like consequences. Yeah, it's it's God's economy. What I call it is God's economy of justice. Mm. Um, And and so there's a particular way in which God orders his household. And when when something when something is against the will of God, then God acts. Right. Um, um, And and then obviously you take that with a grain of sand because then what will happen is that um, it'll be taken to the extreme and, and right. it'll be misused. But yeah. what I see in scripture is that, and, and, and it's Pharaoh oppressing Israel and then God responds, right? When Israel becomes the oppressor and how they govern and how they, and how they um, in a way express their authority, then God acts against Israel. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like no one is safe from God's judgment. Yeah. Um, if you act a certain way, God is going to, is going to take on you a certain way. Yeah. You know, now, now, yeah. now, where is this? How is this connected to Paul and what he says to the Romans, to the Roman church? Yeah. And, um, sorry, before we go there, I want to mm-hmm. say one more thing. Say it, bro. And, and, um, and it's this whole word, this word subject, right? Mm-hmm. It just came to my mind right now. Yeah. Um, and, I mean. and because the key word there is subject yourself, subject yourself to the governing authorities. Um, now, yeah. again, read it, read the passage for what it is and fine, take it. But you also got to remember that it's situational. Um, you got to remember the nature of, of a letter, Right. It's, it's occasional, it's situational. Um, but then you read the word subject canonically, and the, when, when it's used in positive light, it's always subject yourself um, if the other person is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. And, and that's how Paul uses it in Ephesians. Um, um, Paul, Paul tells um, the husband the wife to subject herself to. Yes. The husband, I was right? just thinking about that. Yeah. That's good. The husband also has to subject himself to the wife. Yeah. Right. So, um, it, so, so it's kind of like, so, so what you're saying is pretty much if, if I take this passage, Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there's no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists God, what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. So what you're telling me is if I read that and I take it as I have to be, I have to submit 
to authority, period, no matter what. And and there's no there's no ifs and buts and and you know what about this and what about that. You what you're saying is you you're so you have to be applying that as well to a marriage to a couple who like let's say a woman you know is being physically abused right and you're and yet you're still telling her to submit to her husband you're muted there's people that do there's people that do that do say that and and that's I triggering think, that's I, triggering I think, yeah i think it's different when it comes to marriage because the the head is christ right um and then um, mm. we can talk about that passage and the different ways in which head is used. Yeah, yeah. Different words, right? Yeah. Um, but essentially, what the what what I'm trying to say is that if the government is doing what they're supposed to be doing, then submit. If they're not, then that leaves room for questioning. And so now the question becomes: Well, what do we do when the government doesn't do what they're supposed to be doing? Which is 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 paying good to those who are doing good paying bad to those who are doing bad it's it's protecting people it's it's doing what they're supposed to be doing um you you mentioned um that whenever it's not like a something positive or the authority isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing um they're subject to like god fixing it right or god doing or intervening or doing something is mm -hmm. that what you mentioned yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so then I'm thinking what like contextual or historically rather um, in the U.S. In the U.S. Um, like Israel, uh, the Israelites being led to the promised land, but then them themselves like messing up and then them leading to a greater punishment, right? I'm thinking in the U.S., and I'm thinking mostly because we're talking on the subject of government, policing, that's kind of where we're talking or coming from. Um, my answer would be, or my question would be, when? Um, and I think that's the question of a lot of people, and what makes it so hard is that when is God going to intervene? Um, and it's, it's a tough question because you don't know. You just have to be faithful. And the reason I bring that up is because we're mentioning um, – you guys are mentioning the author. I forgot his name. Um, Macaulay. What's his name? Macaulay, yeah. Um, I myself was in a class, uh, a religious studies class, where we're studying um, liberation theology of freedom through, um, through, the, through theology applying to the 1970s mm. uh, when segregation was still within the U.S., when segregation wasn't only... Um, where the U.S. was oppressed not only of their own people, but of also Latin American countries, of and that still affects there are the effects are still happening today. Yeah, um, which is kind of crazy. Like in the 1970s, 50 years ago, what America was doing is still being reflected. Like there's still effects happening today. Yep. And um, I have a passage by Cohen, and I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to read this part. Um, James Cohen was a theologian um he black theologian by the way black theologian yes yep. he, he passed away recently um but um he was a black theologian in the 1970s and his big thing was um white people or like the oppressors which is what he called like he basically said white people he was not holding back mm. he was like they're the devil like they're evil that's basically his like oh, wow. his thing like yeah. because 
um, they're not with me, they are against me. And that's that he was extreme that way. Mm. Um, but he will, he, and this is the passage, uh, the, the part I want to read. Um, he says, only the oppressed are truly free. And then he says, this is the paradox of human existence. Freedom is the opposite of oppression, but only the oppression are truly free. Being human means being against evil by joining sides with those who are victims of evil. And that's like being allies quite literally means being oppressed with the oppressed, making their cause one's own by involving oneself in the liberation struggle. No one is free until all are free. So like tying this back, if the government is good, then the people are good, then we should be fine. But the paradox here is that we're human. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the biggest paradox. Not humans can't be perfect. I think Macaulay makes a great point, right? He says that we are allowed to resist like the Hebrew midwives, right? And he's talking about he's talking about the women who who when the Pharaoh was killing all the children, um, they 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 were hiding the children, right? Yeah. And, namely Moses. So they were resisting um, the empire. Like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the way they resisted the empire. And then he says, but what we cannot do is claim divine sanction for the proper timing and method of solving the problems we discern. Mm. So we can resist. When are they going to be fully obliterated, destroyed, fixed? I don't know. But our job, like the the, the thing is that God acts through human agency. Yeah. and we see that in Moses. And, and even when we look at Dr. King, the writings of Dr. King, he, he, he sees the same thing. Yeah. Now, the problem becomes the issue is not whether God acts through humans or not, is through which humans and in what ways and against what issues. Mm. And that's where we get into problems, because that's when we begin to politicize things. Right. That's when we get things like January 6, 2021. Um, that was God. That was God's right? wrath. And and or when we see um, people protesting against police brutality, that's God. And then there's another party saying that's not God. Mm-hmm. And that's when I think it, it's really hard because you can I can say we need to look at scripture and read it well to help regulate and discern what is God and what isn't God. Yeah. But there's going to be another person saying you're wrong. And, and yeah, and, that, and that's part of the reason why I, I brought up Cone because Cone was extreme. Um, like he was super extreme. He was he was a theologian. He was respected, and then later he like kind of realized that his words um, could have led to bad things. But when he wrote this in 1970, um, he was angry, and the tone through his whole through his whole book was. He was angry. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw shade at him for being angry because you read the prophets, you read the prophets and they're angry. Yeah. Yeah. They're angry because because the prophets are telling them, are telling Israel, you need to change the way you live. Yeah. But they're unable to, they're not able to. Yeah. Um, And and so I I think, sorry, I think Cole was a prophetic voice, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, I'm still learning from him, which is crazy. Yep. What you guys just said brings up brings up my question right and it's the question when you read this it's it's one of the questions that that i think you should ask yourself 
where verse two, where he says, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. So are we being told not to resist? And if so, clearly he's telling them, right, that particular group, he's, he's telling them, yo, if you, you know, if you resist, you're going, you know, there's going to be judgment because these are people that God appointed. Right. But that makes me ask. Is there resistance ever anywhere else in the Bible? Can can there can there be a counter here or can there be more to it? Can we is there other areas that we can look at that can help us better interpret this and what this means to us today? And I think, you know, which it goes back to what you just mentioned, Jeff, you know, the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the, you know, Hebrew midwives, you know, talk about Peter when Peter was was preaching in the in the temple. Right. And and, you know. He he resisted. He's he, he still, you know, did yeah, his when, thing. He, when he tells them when he t- when um, the authorities and these are religious authorities. Yep. Telling Peter, don't preach the name of Jesus anymore. Yep. And he says, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to do it. Like, right. We can't stop. Yep. And, right? and, and I think even Paul himself, you know, would go around with what the government was, you know, trying to do and all that. You know, I remember there's a there's a point where Paul is is supposed to be arre- uh, arrested right in Judea and that man that man leaves he goes <laughs> away he's or or no he says he 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 requests to be sent to Caesar right and and he did that because he he knew if he stayed he was going he's, he's going to die yeah. the authorities there were going to kill him so he had to go and find a way to play the system you know yeah. and get out of there so so i i I feel correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, but this reading this passage by itself could definitely tell me, yo, you should, you know, you're not supposed to resist, you know. Yeah. But when you read it, like you said, canonically, you you realize if there's bad, you know, governance, if there's bad authority, if there's bad rulers, then then that that's a different ball game, Right. Yeah, and I think um, I like how you said it. Like we read Romans, and and it's situational. So that means that there are yeah. gonna be there are gonna be seasons in which yeah. there's no need to resist the authorities because mm-hmm. um, things are good. You yeah. know, unfortunately, they haven't been good all the time. You know, yeah. um, you know, and and that's a whole another combo. But um, but there's also an answer to the question. What what about when the authorities aren't good? What about when 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 government is oppressive? And yeah. and I think that's where it, Jesus' statement comes to mind: give to Caesar's what is Caesar's, and give to God's what is God's. Mm. You know, um, and just like he applied it to taxes, I think it applies to our relationship to government. Yeah. There are which Paul mentions this references that in yeah. a few verses ahead yeah which is crazy like you yeah. wonder how how did he hear about it like you know it's mm. crazy but um and yeah. what's the connection to romans 13 and police right because when we talk about police we can't talk about police and in, as an institution mm-hmm. but there are also usually the ways in which we suffer their violence um is through individuals right but what we have to understand is that the police as an institution have a source uh, that that in a way funds and sources their authority yeah. and it's the government. Yep. Um, and so you have the individuals and then you have the system 
through which it operates, which is yep. it's the governing, it's the governing bodies, it's 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 the authorities. Um, so that's why we're talking first about government and resisting or not resisting government, because yeah. then that also directly applies to uh, po the police as an institution. The point we're trying to get across is that just like there is a, in a way, a positive view of government in the in that Paul is saying, submit yourself, right? Um, and um, submit yourself and, and, and do what is right. You know, the, the government has a certain responsibility. He talks, he connects it to the, to the coming of Christ, right? The day is near um, and, he, and, and, and he does that and, and that's fine. Um, and there's more to the, to the letter of Romans that we, we can get into. Yes. But um, there's also critiques of it and that's, that's what true. we have to keep in mind. Yes. Now the question becomes, well, which one do I listen to? And then that's when it comes to, unfortunately, discernment. You know, and mm -hmm. although there are limits to our discernment, um, Scripture is supposed to help us discern what is yeah. good because God tells us what is good. Yep. And so if there is anything operating against what is good, which is um, oppressive, if there is anything operating against the ways in which God intended creation to, to live and move, then you have warrant to resist, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and so it depends on the context and that's where you, your experience as a reader comes in yeah. and your experience and, and hopefully the Holy spirit is going to help you um, determine what is good based off of yeah. what is scripture, right? If you're defining what is good against scripture, then it's wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's important to note that your experience does not dictate the meaning yeah. of the text but it can help you make sense of it and, and make decisions. Yeah. Make, yeah. Yep. And so, and, and no one holds monopoly on interpretation. Right? Yeah. Je I think Jeff mentioned this. You mentioned yeah. this when we we're preparing for this, no one holds monopoly on interpretation. And I think if your experience will help you make sense of what the text is saying, how much more would it make? What would, would it help you getting other people who do not look like you? Right. Hmm help you make sense of it and ultimately it's it's hope as well like i i came out the gate saying well then when is this justice coming on like when, when? um mm -hmm. but in the bible multiple times we are taught to wait patiently and faithfully which is i think the, like the key like mm -hmm. it's you have to have faith um that yeah. because god has god has come through every single time and he will yeah. come through this time yeah um, and I'm yeah. sorry. It's important to note that wait does not mean. Yes. Not wait act. Mean this. Right. Wait. Right. No, you're, you're waiting, but you're still resisting. Like it's like the warrant to yeah. resist. Are you and taking think, action to some degree? Exactly. Maybe it's not resisting, yeah. but it's taking action. The last thing I wanted to mention is this whole concept of. And Esau Macaulay re re uh, references it. And, and he talks about that we have the right to resist. If there's injustice, we have the right to resist. Yeah. Um, and it's rooted in two things. Um, it's rooted first most in the resurrection, right? And what he means by that is that we see 
in, in the Gospels, we see a Christ who is in a way killed um, by the religious authorities as well as the empire, the state authorities, right? And what he does is he, he doesn't, he, it's crazy how Jesus says, what I can call a legion of angels and they, and they will like rescue me and they yeah. will do what they got to do. Yeah. Right. And these angels are scary, man. They're not those little yeah. cherubims. Yeah. They're um, not they're not the little babies you see on TV. Little babies with their butts. Yeah. Nah, they got the they got gains. They got <laughs> and these are these are angels with yeah. with multiple eyes and and I don't know how many heads and I don't know how many wings, right? These are like and 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 Jesus doesn't use force, right? He says um, if you live by the sword, you'll die by the sword, right? And it's crazy. Mm-hmm. He tells Peter when Peter cuts off the ear of the guard, yeah, put your sword away, yeah, right. Um, and and it's not like Jesus is a victim in a way. Jesus, in, in in some gospels, you look at the Gospel of Luke, and there's no reference to this, but you read the Gospel of John, and Jesus says, "I I laid my life down." Right? They didn't take my life. I laid my life down. You read the Gospel of Luke, and in a way. You don't see that. And so there's there's a different take in Luke on on the crucifixion. But the point I wanted to get at is that um, the crucifixion, in a way, is symbolic of Jesus's resistance to the religious authorities and the imperial authorities. Mm. And the the sad part is that it ends in death. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And um, but. It's like what Paul says. Paul says, "If there was no resurrection, our faith would be based on nothing, right?" Um, right. And what I see is, although although Jesus lays his life down, at the same time, the authorities, in a way, um, falsely accuse him and kill him. Um, God, God doesn't stay silent, right? God, God doesn't. There injustice happens, and it's not like God crosses his arms and says, We're done, mm. right? But he resurrects Jesus from the dead, yeah. Um, and 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 not only that, but when he resurrects him from the dead, um, he's put on the on his right hand and he's given power and authority, right? A lot of us we we stop at the resurrection, but we need to keep going to the ascension, right? Jesus, Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father, yeah. um, with all authority, and so that means that. Injustice, violence, um, whatever you want, death does not have the last word, but it's God, right? God's justice, God's spirit, God's righteousness. And and this is where Macaulay, I feel like he makes this amazing step. And he says that we are able to resist and even suffer if we have to, Mm. because it's God who has the last word. It's it, and I'm summarizing. It's God who has the last word, and this is where the whole concept of like divine violence and nonviolence comes in, right? The only re- the only way we are able to be nonviolent, and that we and we are able to, in a way, suffer if we have to in nonviolence, is because God, even in Romans, in 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 Romans. God promises vengeance. It's hard. It sounds harsh, but God promises vengeance. Yep. Yep. Right. He even tells 
he even tells he tells the Romans, uh, you know, don't take vengeance on your own hands, but leave it to me, right? Vengeance mm -hmm. belongs to the Lord, and he's quoting an Old Testament passage there. Yeah. Um, so there comes this concept of divine violence, right? And how God uses divine violence on evil. Um, and and we that doesn't mean, um, and this is what I love about Dr. King, is that um, that doesn't mean you stay still. It doesn't mean you keep your arms crossed. Jesus doesn't stay still. Like Jesus doesn't shy away from the cross. Jesus walks towards the cross, mm. right? Uh, in Luke, in Luke, he sets his, uh, this is an amazing verse. It says he just sets his eyes on Jerusalem. So that means Jesus knew where he was going and he knew what was going to happen. In the gospel of John, Jesus, Jesus knows that when he goes to heal Lazarus, he's going to, that, that's it. After that, he's heading to Jerusalem. And so he says, and I lay, so he holds off on it, but he moves towards Jerusalem because mm. Jerusalem means death. Yeah. Right. And so, so Jesus moves. And in that way we move, but we move always knowing that, that there's a resurrection, right. That yeah. God has the last word that it's even good. though we don't accomplish anything or all of everything in, on the first day, right. There will be a right. third day. Um, and then there'll be the final day. I love right. That. Yeah. And we're able to resist in nonviolence because we know we have a God who takes from us what, what was it wasn't meant for us mm. which was violence yeah that's good yeah. all right we're gonna wrap it up i i'm sure that was a lot to, <laughs> so take your time process it and here's ultimately this is what we're saying when we look at romans chapter 13 you know and and we hear you know what it says and we we, we take it we're gonna respect what it says you know, we're not going to try to add anything or take away anything. We're just going to try to better understand it. We're going to try to better understand it. And we're not just going to understand it by itself, but by reading the entire letter, understanding the entire letter. We're going to understand it by understanding the entire scripture or other places and, and referencing that because that's the thing, man. The Bible, it's it's. It's more than just certain specific books and books by itself or even, you know, how we do, how a lot of us do verses by itself. You know, it's bigger than that. And I it's think a, it's a literary masterpiece. Yes. Yes. It, and and so. Yeah. So ultimately, man, like, you know, Macaulay mentions this towards the end of of, of, of his chapter on, on the theology of policing. He mentions, you know, he says. Although Paul focuses on the responsibilities that individuals have to the state, in the course of his discussion, he lays, he lays out the responsibilities that the state has to individuals. And the state must remember that it is not divine or infallible. It is a steward of Ooh. that which belongs to God. It is Ooh. a steward, right? And a steward. And they have, have a responsibility as a, a steward. There's a risk. Yes, exactly. They have a responsibility as a steward, right? And so, you know, if you if you if you don't take that responsibility and you don't you don't honor it, you don't do it with integrity, right? You're not you're not careful with how you use that power that comes with that. There are consequences, right? And so, and so. Part of that consequence is resistance. Part of that consequence is um, 
fighting against it, addressing it, right? And we see it, like, again, we see it throughout scripture. We saw it with Pharaoh, right? And we and we see it throughout, you know, we see it in different areas up to Paul, Paul himself, you know, doing it, Peter himself doing it, right? And so let's just answer the, 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 the question here. Does, does, is Paul telling us that in that in every you know in every situation no matter what we must submit to to governing authorities and not resist i don't think so i don't think so i think it's deeper than that i think this i think he was speaking he was saying that directly to that to the people in that time you know and and part of it had to do with you know i was learning that a few years later there was like a revolution i believe like that happened and so maybe what he was trying to do is trying to protect, you know, the, the church in Rome, not to get involved in that resistance, in that rebellion, because he didn't want them to lose their lives. Right. And, and maybe he didn't see it being the time, the fitting time to be, you know, involved in that. I don't know. Right. But there is something that was happening specific to that time that he was speaking to. But we could definitely we we definitely we're not saying, yo, resist and don't submit at all to authority. We're not saying that. Right. There's a level of of obedience, of of respect, of honor and, and all that, you know, because it is true. The, these I do believe I do believe that God has appointed, you know, authority. authority. I do believe yeah. what Paul says. I do believe that, you know, but. We got to understand that, that that authority is is not perfect. Like Macaulay said, that authority is not divine. Therefore, as as a human level of authority and a human level of a, of government, it must I, I believe it must be critiqued like we've seen. And it, and it, and it must be resisted or addressed when oppressing and abusing uh, and oppressing people and abusing power. That's why this conversation is, is yeah. important, you know, yep. because we also, again, we look at the context. The church, the early church, wasn't wasn't moving in an, in a in a uh, democratic republic, right? And and we live in a democratic republic where we all have, uh, uh, in a way, a responsibility to to form and shape public life. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And as and as Christians, um. Um, we have that responsibility to shape and form public life in a way that honors God and honors uh, yeah. human beings. And yeah. the moment it begins to to um, undermine the dignity of every uh, of people of certain people of whatever people, then we need to begin to to re critique, reflect, and and act. Let me just say, if one thing we proved today, or if we want, if if there was one thing that we showed you. There's one thing that we showed you was that it's so crucial and it's so important to to be able to read the Bible in its entirety, to be able to understand and have a deeper level of knowledge uh, of Scripture and, and read it well. Yes. And read it well, because and it's and honestly, it's way more interesting and way more fun, to be honest, than the levels so, to yeah, for so long, like just reading a, a verse to me, honestly, to me, that that was like I was almost it was good. It, it, it Sometimes it's good. It's good. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 No, but I'm saying like growing up, like and just reading it like that, I found it boring because I didn't understand it. 
just reading certain passages and just opening up the Bible wherever it came up, you know, I'd start reading a little portion and then I'd stop. Right. But reading the Bible in its entirety, reading, reading the full letter, which Romans is the longest letter. Um, and it's and you could read it like in 30 minutes. Obviously, that's like a I don't know, like depending on your on your I'm a slow reader, so it took me like an yeah, hour. Depending on your reading comprehension. I'll read it and then take a break. Yeah, but even then, like an hour is not bad, bro. Like you could read not. it in one sitting. And so so try that out. See, see what that does to you. But here's what I was gonna say. The people that will a lot of the a lot of times the people that will tell you you must submit to authority and and use this and use Romans 13 to to speak against uh people that protest, right? Right, especially right now or, with racial injustice. Or when right? uh or when a kid gets shot. Or when a kid, yeah. By yeah. an officer, well, he should have submitted to the authorities. Yeah, yeah. When, okay. Yeah, when no? when when the people that oftentimes use Romans 13 to to push back on on the, those things on that resistance are also the people that celebrate the resistance and rebellion that uh the founding fathers had right so so just think about that some many times we and that's why we got to be careful because we pick and choose what was convenient to us and 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 that's not what the bible is for the bible is not here for us to 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 be able to defend our stance and defend our political ideals and defend our opinions right or enforce our opinions or whatever like that's not what the bible is here for the bible is here for us to better understand who we are as humans who we are as god's creation it's god the bible is there intended for us to better understand god's redemptive love man god's love for humanity God's love for humanity, seeing it from the moment of creation, you know, to seeing Christ, you know, die on the cross and 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 that passion. Right. That's why it's called the passion. Right. That passion for humanity, you know. And so it's a beautiful love story, man. So <laughs> the Bible is and it shows us how to live and it, and it goes deep and it talks. It, it speaks into every area of our lives, but not not to defend or enforce ideals or opinions, but to teach us how to move and how to live through these different situations and these just different environments that we live in. So keep that in mind when 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 you hear somebody use something like Romans 13 to defend their their ideas and, and their opinions. That's it. So just so you know, we're going to be releasing every other week with Bo Barrio just because we want to be more intentional and in preparing, right? And preparing the content and, and giving you the best content. And so, having a healthy rhythm for ourselves. Too. Yes, exactly. Having a healthy rhythm because there's a lot that we got to yeah. do. So uh, so Bo Barrio will be releasing every other week. But the week that Bo Barrio doesn't release, the LOD podcast will release, right? And so... Uh, we'll be announcing some uh, something that we're going to do with the LOD podcast real soon. We're really excited. You know what I'm saying? Today, we we spoke about the collective, the institution, the state. Right. Um, just just what 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 the Bible has to say regarding the state. Right. The government. Right. And how that applies S with systems, institutions. Syst yes, exactly. Institutions. Right. 
those things every every kind of ocean you could think yeah (laughs) next week we're going to talk more about the individual regarding policing right and what john the baptist has to say about that so it's gonna it's gonna get it's gonna get even more interesting and more real so you're gonna have to tune in but thank you guys for joining us this was the bow body podcast Thank you.